Thank you for the people that you have used to to make some deposits upon our lives. Say that be that magnified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we know that you are here. Lord, we ask that our, that we are aligned unto you in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, as we come under your teaching ministry, we ask that you show us your path in the name of Jesus. We ask that you teach us thy ways in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit Himself should make Himself known and real unto us in Jesus' name. And I know the delivers our full cause to glorify your name. But in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Okay, so in over eight months, this is the most. I mean, this is. How will I say this now? Okay, it's been eight months since I last saw many of our faces, and I'm actually feeling very shy now. Hallelujah. So, welcome back. Welcome back to school. We really, really missed you. And it's very glad to see your faces once again. And we hope that the reason for the separation will not come again. Whether I want it or whether I like it or not, it will not come again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether I like it or not, it will not come again. Okay. So, our topic for today is the presence of the Lord. 
our topic for today is the presence of the Lord. And I apologize that we didn't release the flyer for that. It's actually my own fault. So I ask that you forgive me in advance. It's a two-part series, and we're going to take um, we're going to take a part of it today. And then next week, from next week, we'll continue from there. The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'd like for us to start with Psalm 139, verse 6 to 9. I said I'd like for you to open Psalm 139. Oh, from verse 7 to 12. Just just leave it there. Okay, I want to ask someone a question. Sister Thomason. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Okay. Have you ever experienced remember by you were praying or you're just going about your daily activity there, but just feel that Lord, I want to experience your presence. Have you ever had such moments or experiences before? I just said that Lord, I want to experience your presence. Can you hear me? Have you ever had such such a moment? Thinking about it. I'm not sure. Yes. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um when Moses when Moses was with God, the Bible says that Moses asked the Lord that he should reveal unto him his glory. And the Lord said, yeah, I can't show you my glory, for no man shall behold my glory and live. But what I can do for you is that I can I can place you in a work, then pass by and cover your eyes. And as I pass by, when I open when I open your eyes, what you will see is my backside. Hallelujah. Now that that prayer is what a genuine believer should always be praying whereby he wants to have an experience of the glory of God where he wants to have an experience of the presence of the Lord Amen so today we are going to see what what we really really mean by the presence of the Lord whether it is physical in terms of distance or whether it is just spiritual Hallelujah so let us start from the scripture Psalms 139 and 7 this guy is another edition Amen. It's going under translation. Psalm 139, verse 7. Okay. Here is what the NIV version says Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? The next verse. The next verse. Okay. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, in the depths, KJV says, if I make my bed in Sheol, that's the place of the dead, you are there. The next verse. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, the next verse. Even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. The next verse. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the night become and the light become night around me. Next verse. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will not shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So David was saying something here whereby he was not really really sure how he could hide himself from the Lord. Everywhere he went to, everywhere he looked, everywhere he turned, there was always God around. There was always God around. And he was like, ah, God. Why just why are you everywhere like this? 
Why can't I just stay on my own lane? Why are you following me about? Why are you pursuing me? Amen. Now, the thing about God is that God is a very, very complex being. As complex as it is, it's also simple. But when we talk about the attributes of God, God is very, very, very difficult to comprehend. In fact, it's incomprehensible. Amen. We know that God is loving. We know that God is compassionate. We know that God is faithful. We know that God is merciful. We know that God is, is gracious. We know that God is a God of judgment and justice. And all these attributes are there. And as they are there, it's we, we really don't know how much of God that we that is in him. If I can put it in that, if I can put it in that word. What I mean is this that there is no limit when it comes to God. God is perfect. And being a being of perfect, it requires that. It does not have a it does not increase and does not de- and do, it does not decrease hallelujah that means that god if you if you if, if you say that god is something then god is 100 percent of that thing and more amen and even if you say that god is maybe 99 percent love and the one percent hate then that means that that god, that person that you call god is not god because god has to be complete he has to be whole hallelujah so God is complete. So when we talk about when we say that God is love, when we say that God is merciful, when we say that God is just, we mean that God is hundred percent of all those things. And there is nothing, there is no way He can move out of that course. There is no way He can stay out of His nature because He is who He is. Amen. Now the problem for many of us, or for all of us, is that at times we really, really struggle to know when God not to know we, we struggle at times to know what side what side we are experiencing of God start start hallelujah when you are a sinner God loves you and as you are born again now God still loves you the love that he has for you now that you are born again it was not different from the love that I have for you when you were a sinner you know hallelujah so God doesn't change. God is consistent. God is perfect. And it does not and, and all his attributes they don't increase or decrease. But the thing is that as we rise higher, our, uh, as we rise higher, we begin to, to have an awareness of some attributes of him. Amen. For example, if we look at a, a normal sinner, but the only thing that's going to be on, on his mind is that God is that God is a, is a just God that wants to punish him. That that that's going to be on his own mind. Amen. Now, God is just, and a just God means that He cannot take away sin. He has to, He has to punish sin. He has to make things right because justice means that He is equal with, with all things. So, if God is just, then that means that that sin has to be has to be dealt with. Amen. But God is also love, and in His love, He came to die, so that He will take the punishment that was suggested for that sin so that person will not have to experience the judgment that he that he was supposed to experience because god had only come to die for him because his love and the mercy of god also means that god will do everything possible to ensure that the man or the sinner continues to hear of the gospel until he's until he's saved and he will make sure that the man doesn't die before his time do you understand that that's, you understand? Yes. So, the guy, the sinner there is, is experiencing the mercy of God, the love of God, and his justice. But what they appear on his mind is that God is a wicked God. 
is on the justice on the on the justice part of God. Amen. Now these attributes of God they are never in conflict with one another. We cannot they never in conflict with one another. And also, not no one is bigger than the other. That that everything is equal. Everything is the same. So it's not like although God is more loving than He is just. Because people will say that God is a good God, but how can a good God send people to hellfire? God is equal on, in, in everything. So his attributes are also equal. All of them. They make a perfect mesh. Are we together? Yes. So that is the thing about God and his attributes. So let us go to the presence here. And being God is also a God that is omnipotent. That means that he is all-powerful, omniscient. That means that he is not is all-knowing. He knows the courses that all of you are taking. And he knows what is the mind of your lecturer. And what your lecturer wants to say. It. Even the part that your lecturer has not seen yet, he knows it. And he, and he can choose not to reveal it to that lecturer. And he can choose to reveal it to you. Amen. He's all-knowing and he's omnipresent. That means that he's all-present. And David was trying to have... David was having issues with this part of God. That God was everywhere. And for some reason, he could not find a place to hide away from God. Amen. The presence of God is that God is able to actually accommodate everything that, 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 that is the universe. He's able to accommodate every single thing that is, that is the universe. So you'll find him in heaven. You'll find him on the earth. And you'll find him in hell also. Yes, God is in hell. But his manifested presence is not there. Anybody, anybody who's in hell now knows that God is there. Because that's what is actually acting as a single part of the judgment. Single part of his judgment. But it's just that he's denied the manifest presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we following? Or we are still we are following? Yes. So God is everywhere. He's everywhere. And the thing about it is that people usually people usually assume that God maybe can just be confined. To a physical structure or to a specific location. In fact, let us look at this, um, this scripture. First Chronicles chapter, no, second Chronicles rather, chapter, chapter six verse eighteen. Second Chronicles chapter six verse eighteen. Second Chronicles chapter six verse eighteen. Let's start from verse seventeen. Okay, and now, O Lord God of Israel, this is. This was said by King Solomon after they completed the temple, the, the building of the temple. Let your word that you promised yourself and David come true. The next verse. But we God really dwell on earth with the men, with men. The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I have built. So if heaven cannot contain God, how can a physical structure actually contain God? Well, the thing was that it was never meant to contain him. God, that God was supposed, God, that God contains everything. There's, a, there's an, an analogy here. If I put, if I get the bucket, and I throw it in the ocean, in the ocean, the bucket will be full of water now, Abby. But would the bucket have you? The bucket contain the whole ocean? No, but it's submerged in the ocean. Yes, that is how the heads, the heavens, and every other place in this planet is. It is contained in God. So God is everywhere. 
as you are saying it. It's righteous that I will. It's Pastor Moses. It's in front of me. It's behind me. It's beside me. It's on top of me. And it's even within me. God is everywhere. And it's beneath me as well. God is everywhere. So, there is no way we can really claim to hide from His presence. And He sees you when you, when you, when you, when you, when you engage your day-to-day activities. He sees you when you struggle. And He sees you when you conquer. Because He's everywhere. He's everywhere. So, for most people, it's actually very, very difficult for them. I'm not going to say that shortly. But I want you to know something. God is everywhere. At least physically, He's everywhere. Amen. God is everywhere physically. He's everywhere. Amen. But yet, for some reason, we've not really, really, really been able to actually capture a sense of His presence. More so that we keep on making prayers that God, I want more of you, Lord. I want to experience you, Lord. I want you. I want to touch your glory, Lord. I want to taste you, but I want to see you for who you are. Somebody once posted that she just asked that Holy Spirit, I asked that you can just make yourself human now, so I can just so I can just talk to you. We do have those experiences. Hallelujah. So the question is that is it that God is far away from us, or what is the issue? What's the issue? If God is everywhere, as as we claim he is, then why that we are struggling to actually have a grasp of his presence? Why that we don't really have that consciousness of his presence everywhere around, everywhere around us? Amen. The answer is in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. I will check Genesis 4, 16. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And Genesis 4, 4 16. Okay. Oh, if I start from here. Okay, in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that the Lord made um the first man. And when he made the first man, what he did was that he he breathed, he breathed his spirit into the into the body of the man, and that man became a living soul. And that when that man became living, the Holy Spirit was dwelling within him. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was dwelling within him. But something happened here. And I want us to check that. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So God was walking. God was walking. But God, in fact, the way God was walking, it could have been that maybe it was something that it was that was habitual of him. So this so these people saw that he was he was he was around, but they were running away from him. So it was not like as though he was he was moving away, but rather they were running away from him. He was coming to them, but they were withdrawing from him. Amen. Praise God. He was coming to them, but they were withdrawing from him. And this is not the first time you will see this. Hallelujah. This is not the first time you will see this. In the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse, verse 16. Let us check that scripture. Genesis 4, 16. And nothing happened here. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain literally walked out of the presence of the Lord. So that means that it has been man all along that has been walking out from the Lord's presence. 
I don't like how God has been moving away. So that it has been man that has been creating this gulf, this distance between both of them. And that is why he cannot really, really have the sense of God as he wants to. Are we together? Praise God. Are we following? Yes. So, what is that? It has been man that I've been walking away from God, that I've been withdrawing from the presence of the Lord. From the presence of the Lord. And what is the reason? The reason was because, the reason that is because when God made man, God wanted it to be that he would dwell in man. In fact, the meaning of Eden means the presence. So, God, man was supposed to live in the presence of the Lord. That is why the psalmist can say that, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. The presence of the Lord was initially meant to be our own dwelling place. But instead, we began to, dis- to withdraw away from it, from him. That meant that something, something, something fundamentally wrong actually happened to the human race. Amen. Something fundamentally wrong actually happened to the human race because it's not normal for a man to move away from the presence of the Lord. It has, it's supposed to be something that you should be clamoring for daily, all the time, all the time, all the time. But when man fell, I went sin came. Sin introduced a nature in him that made it difficult for him, for man to have a relationship with God. Sin is self in the self self-independence sin is prideful and the thing about sin is that it is you claiming that you don't want god to rule your life it is you claiming that you don't want to subject yourself to the government of god it's you claiming that you don't really really hear what god says or he thinks you just want to live your life as you choose as you please without any form of without any form of repentance or any form of remorse amen so when sin came man was the one that because man rather to withdraw from the presence of the Lord. So you will find that after Adam and Eve, they had the they had the, the fruit of the tree. They what did the Bible say? They, they, they hid when he was walking. I mean, it's not interesting. They sinned. But God was still coming to the garden. And, and when he came to the garden, it was them that was that were withdrawing from him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So, man had always been the one that desisted, I mean, that withdrew from that presence. And many things happened to him. For one, because of sin, he, he began to have a very, very distorted view of, the, of God. He began to have a very distorted knowledge of God. Now, if you ask any unbeliever, if you ask any sinner, what do you think about God? Yes, they have some idea about him, but he's always with some asterisks hallelujah some call god a misogynist some say that god is a, is a tax master some say that god is wicked god is this god is that god is a god is a killer of babies he is genocidal he is he is anti-feminist or whatever that is that is too that is too bossy he does not want you to, he, he is a is a killjoy doesn't want you to have pleasure doesn't want you to enjoy your life they want you to have fun, to, ch- to, to chill and to flex. All those things that we, that we, that we, all those notions that people have. Amen. Yes. So, 
it caused man to have a very very wrong view of God. Number one. Number two, it caused man to start looking for other ways to receive what the presence offered. Amen. Now, it said in the word that in your presence is the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That means that as a man spends time in the presence of God, he's supposed to actually be pleasured. He's supposed to be enjoying it. It's supposed to be something that is that is actually having fun with. Amen. Hallelujah. But because that presence was not there, because man left that presence, so let that happen with that. Man started looking for other ways to receive their own kinds of pleasure outside God. So they turned to education, they turned to sex, they turned to marriage, they turned to properties, they turned to partying, they turned to colouring, just because they wanted to have a taste of the pleasure. And he often, he often incurred negative consequences upon them. Hallelujah. He incurred negative consequences upon them because they were trying to enjoy life. They were trying to flex and to, and to relax. But as they were doing those things, they were putting themselves in a more difficult situation, in a more lamentable situation. So, sometimes the people, we saw the people that are going out dressed funnily, and as they are going to have their phones or to, or to shy you, as we say, they may, and, and, and when they see you doing your own stuff, they'll be like, this one is not enjoying, you know. Why is this one? Why this enjoyment? Then they go out, they get themselves drunk and high, take many bottles of, of wine and beer and whatever. They, go, they gamble and all those nonsense things that we keep on hearing happen. But even as they do those things, they do those things because they are actually trying to find God there. But not God exactly, but they are trying to find the experience of dwelling in His presence. Hallelujah. Is that making sense to you? They are trying to find the experience of dwelling in His presence. They are trying to find pleasures. Some even go to different places to just enjoy food. The young year that their food is, they just like eating, 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 eating. But that eating is because God is not in their God is not in their life. Hallelujah! Please, I'm not shading anybody, yo. Please, I'm just showing us what some what most people try to do to run away from God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah, so, man tried seeking after pleasures because he wanted to stay in the presence of the Lord. I mean, not, because, not that. He's, he tried seeking after pleasures because he went away from the presence of the Lord. And it's just fake. It's counterfeit. It speaks of a void that has been set in our hearts that can only be addressed, that can only be filled by God himself. But when we try searching after all those other things, we end up in trouble. Hallelujah. But God did something about that. Amen. God did something to ensure that we don't fall into a self-destructive nature. What did he do? Let us go to um, let us go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. Revelation 21, 3. Revelation 21, 3. Revelation 21, 3. Okay. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. That means that God wants human company. Hallelujah. God himself wants to spend time with humans. And to, and when and to make that happen, he decided to bring his Shekinah glory down upon the earth. Amen. He decided to bring the Shekinah glory down upon the earth. Now, what is the meaning of Shekinah? Shekinah means to cause to dwell. To cause to dwell. That means that God wants to dwell within somewhere, within something. And he started that project through the nation of Israel, where he told Moses that I want you to build a tabernacle for me. See to this that you follow the instructions that I have given to you. See to this that you follow the pattern that I have set for you. And when you have, and when you have fulfilled it to the letter, I will come and I will dwell with you. And then after the, the after they built the temple, the Bible says the the glory of the Lord filled the whole temple. And when it filled the temple, all the priests, everybody that was there, they could not minister, they could not do anything because God Himself was sitting in that place. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. So that is the thing about the Shekinah glory. It is God seeking to dwell upon people. God seeking to walk with people. God seeking to talk into to show his presence to people. And there are two ways of actually even address of Lord is around. And number one is glory. Hallelujah. Number one is glory. Number one is glory. Now You know that it's possible that somebody can be around, but you will not know, but you will not see them physically. But you will know because of a unique thing about them. Hallelujah. For example, now, if I decide to buy Sister Miracle's perfume, and I just use one dose of it on my body, and I go and I, and I just walk anywhere, even if I'm not around, that's smell in me. Once it catches your nose, you know I'm around. Hallelujah. Because it's a scent or if they are cooking if some if someone is cooking in in the in the i've not been in the hostel in the kitchen yes if someone is cooking in the hostel kitchen and you your room is next door you don't need to know that someone you don't need to go to the kitchen before you know that someone is cooking now the thing will be entering your nose the scent will be entering your nose hallelujah yes so god anytime god is around god actually lives his glory to act as a scent for us to discern. Amen. God uses his glory to announce his presence to everybody that is there. So when the king of glory comes, he comes, when the king of glory comes, the way that you know that the king is there is by apprehending his glory. Number one, second one we'll treat it next week, is by apprehending his glory. Hallelujah. Is by apprehending his glory. So anytime the Bible says that the Lord was dwelling somewhere, anytime the Bible says that the Lord came somewhere, it meant that the God of glory had come and that glory was evident everywhere, and everybody that was in that vicinity, they were perceiving it. And they just it just led them to just bow down to him and to declare praises to him. Amen. Amen. So in the old testament, God could only reveal himself through the tabernacle if you wanted to actually see god if you wanted to have an experience of the presence of the lord you needed to go to the temple 
only of some great instances that God would actually come to somebody, whether through an angel, whether through the angel of the Lord, or through a theophany, through a revelation. And in those cases, when he did that, it was because we wanted to give, we wanted to send someone on an assignment. Amen. If, hallelujah. For example, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter one, when Ezekiel, when Ezekiel, Ezekiel was on the was at the river with the captives, and he saw the king of glory around. He saw that the Lord was sitting on the throne, and there were many all those four living creatures that had eyes all over their bodies. Many, many funny things that were going on there. And he said as he saw them, he just knelt down. And 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 the Lord could not son of man stand up I seek to speak with you. That's one. Number two, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah beheld the Isaiah, Isaiah beheld the glory of the Lord. And he stopped saying woe to everybody. He started saying woe to himself. In those instances, it was God himself drawing somebody to himself to have an experience with him. So that he can send that person back to the to the world that had been called in, to, to, to the world that he had been called in to, to the to the to solve the problem that had that had been there. Amen. Amen. Yes, but God doesn't want that. God doesn't really want that. He wants that everybody should have an experience with His presence. God wants every single person to have an experience with His presence. Not just that somebody can have an encounter with Him and then He'll send somebody to work. No, God also seeks fellowship and companionship. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Are we following? Are we have we been blessed thus far? Okay, so so that was that, that was what God used to do in the Old Testament. That He would reveal Himself through manifestation unto the people. And as he was there, there was a tinge of his glory being discerned by the people. But something happened through Jesus. Amen. Something happened through Jesus that actually made something happen, that actually made life easier for us. And for that, for us to know that one, we'll check John chapter 1, verse 14. Verse 10, rather. John chapter 1, verse 10. John chapter 1, verse 10. Now, the glory of God is something that belongs to God and God alone. Not something that is for any other person. He said that, and my glory, I will share with no other. So when it, when 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 the glory comes, is is it is like his own finger fingerprint, his own trademark. No other person has it. No other person can actually boast of it. No other person can try to even get it. It is his own himself, and that what he uses to to let us know that he's present. That is his own identification tag. Amen. His glory is his own way of identification. So he was in the world and the world and, through, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That's Genesis 1 verse 10. Verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The next verse. Yes, to all who received him, to those who believed in him, in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Can we read this scripture? Go back. Okay. Can we go to the next scripture? Can we all read the scripture together? The word became 
flesh and he made his dwelling among us and when that dwelling came the glory of the glory of god was also evident so we have seen his glory the glory of the one and holy who came from the father full of grace and of truth amen so so jesus christ himself the son of god the word himself he became flesh and when he became flesh he did not shed away his glory when he became flesh he did not take away his glory that glory was too dear so he so he came onto the earth and every time every time men saw him they saw the glory of the lord upon his life hallelujah they saw the glory of god upon his life and they knew that this person was god so they treated him as though as though he was god because he is god hallelujah his glory came his glory came his glory came and we have seen his glory so before if i wanted to if, if i wanted to see god if i wanted to apprehend god if i wanted to know that god was around i would need to go to the temple but now that jesus had come if i want to see god if i want to know that he's present i just have to go to jesus himself glory to god glory to god if i want to behold the glory of god i just have to meet jesus himself but it does not end there hallelujah it doesn't end there because god also wanted it to be that he will not only walk with us but will also live within us hallelujah so when he died when jesus died and the and the and all those things that happened happened yet a very very large earthquake occurred the whole earth was shaking people were people were thinking that the world was about to end then the graves of those of the saints that were dead they got opened and they and they and they reappeared again and something happened in the veil something happened in the temple the veil that was the that was the that served as the barrier between the holiest of all and the holy place it was torn from top to bottom and while it was done it meant that man could not have opportunity to access that presence it meant that that thing that had been causing men to withdraw from the presence of the lord he had finally been solved he had finally been tackled and because of that men could now come to have an experience with the lord as rightfully so as had been ordained from the beginning amen hallelujah hallelujah so now every single person everybody here can actually experience can actually walk in the presence of the lord and as walk up and as walk in his presence we can we can we can have a taste of this glory we can behold this glory praise god just as sister miracle will pass by and i will know because she's using really good perfume not like some not like many of us i'll be all like some, some people here just buy a perfume, oh. amen. Just as she will pass by now, we know because of our, of our perfume. The Lord, the Lord can pass us now, and we will know because His glory is here. Then He was not given unto us because we withdrew. But now that gap has been, been fixed by Jesus Himself. Hallelujah. But it does not stop there. Hallelujah. It doesn't stop there. Doesn't stop there. Let us go to Colossians chapter two, no chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Colossians chapter one, verse twenty-seven. 
Colossians 1.27 To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, now, Jesus Christ is dwelling within us. And just as Jesus did not take, just as Jesus came on it with all his glory in heart, Jesus has come into your life with every single part of his glory. Hallelujah. I don't think you heard me. I said Jesus has come into your life with every single part of his glory. Amen. So you don't just have to you don't just have to, to see aside. You that I can actually walk within you. You that I can actually be your own reality as well. That the presence of the Lord from within, and that you have the presence of the Lord from within, and it begins to control your daily activities, it begins to control your life, it begins to work upon you, it begins to enable you to live a life of glory. And then that as it, as it is within, it begins to go up to different places. Hallelujah. It's like this now. The the Niger River, it has a source. Amen. It has a, it has a head source. And it's always flowing from that source. As long as the source has water, that river Niger will continually flow. If that source should get dry, there will not be water in the, in the Niger. So, just as the glory of God is in your life, it can go to other people around you. It can go to your community. It can go to your society. It can go to your family. It can go to your academics. It can go to every single thing that, that, that is within you. Because the glory of the Lord that is not outside you or around you, because the glory of the Lord is within you. Amen. But we still have this issue. Whereby we think that God is not around. Amen. Okay. Okay. So, A.W. Tosa said something. He said that the reason why man cannot relate with God is because man and God they become dissimilar they become dissimilar in like, like this now if i have a dog eh? if i have a dog and that and i'm very very close to that dog no matter how much i love the dog there are some things that there are some experiences that i cannot really have with that dog because that dog is a dog but if it's a fellow human being it becomes more intimate hallelujah it's, at least i'm saying the truth now yes it becomes more intimate I cannot really, really relate with the dog as much as I want, as, I want, I would, as, as much as I would have loved to, because it's a dog, and the dog is not a human being. The dog does not have my brain, or it does not have a human brain. It does not have anything that makes him human. But it may try, but it cannot work. Amen. So, when man sinned, God, the man became dissimilar from God, in the sense that he now became like as though. There was nothing for them to actually to there was no common ground for them hallelujah there was no common ground for them to actually have a relationship because they have become dissimilar just as all and water don't mix amen hallelujah hallelujah yes so 
that is life is the, is the, is the, is the issue with all of us. You see that, that nature of sin in us. That is why we still struggle to actually walk in the presence of the Lord. That is why we still struggle to actually experience His being. But when God put His Spirit in you, He gave you enough of Him to actually have an experience with Him. No matter how much sins you may have committed. Amen. So that means that even, even, even the unbeliever that is still a sinner, he can still have a relationship with God because he has the Holy Spirit that is within him. He has his own kind. Yes, that's what I've been trying to, to use. Because man and dog, they have different essences. Es, essence, essences. I mean, like essences or essence? Essence. Essence. Okay. It's the English man here. Hallelujah. Because dog and man have different essence, they cannot really, really, really come together. Philosophy, philosophy calls it the eastness. The eastness. There's no eastness between man and God. So the same thing with God and man. There's no eastness like that. For man to actually have a relationship with God. A sinful man. But when the first the Spirit of Lord comes to comes to the man by virtue of salvation, God could relate with that man. God could commune with that man. Because there was enough of God in that man to relate with him. Is that making sense? Is that making sense? Yes, so even though you may have struggled with sin, even though you may have committed some very, very abominable, abom abominable things as a, as a believer, you still have the presence of the Lord. And because you still have the presence of the Lord, the Lord is still walking to your garden. The, world, the Lord is still walking to your life. But, but that nature of sin that is in you is causing you to, to withdraw from Him. Amen. And unfortunately, it's going to continue like that. Because that that's nature, you're not going to come, you're not going to get removed until we get until we get redeemed, until Jesus comes fully. But there are some things that we can do that will enable us to have a rapturous relationship with the Lord and experience his presence. Amen. So we'll consider that next week. Next week, we'll, next week we'll, the focus will be on how to walk in the presence of the Lord. This week has just been this week is just theology or doctrine. For you to know what is the presence of the Lord, what do we mean by it? And by now you should know that the presence of the Lord is not something, not about a physical thing, but it's rather something that speaks of, of a spiritual connotation. Amen. Hallelujah. So, after all I have said that, after all I have said today, I hope you have come to understand that the presence of the Lord is everywhere. And God is just waiting for you to come to Him. God is not absent in your life. He's not absent in your life because He chose to. God is absent in your life because you chose to. So it's you that has to take the step, that has to take that lead before God will come back to you. So that's up on your feet. Let us pray.
Exodus 33, verse 18. Exodus 33, 18. Exodus 33, 18. Then Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. So, we have seen that the reason why Moses could not experience the glory of God was because the nature of sin was still upon him and the redemption that 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 is in Jesus, the work, the finished work, the finished work of God of the cross on the cross that we enjoy was not really available in His own time. That is why Moses could not have a chance to experience the glory of the Lord. However, we are not living in that dispensation any longer. Amen. So we can actually come and ask God that He shows us His glory. Remember that John chapter one verse four, ten to what He said that now the Word became flesh. And he, and he made his glory amongst us and we beheld his glory that means that God Moses did not have access to it. the disciples had access to it because of Jesus so I want us to pray that Lord I ask that you show me my glory that you ask that you show me your glory Father I ask that you show me your glory I ask that you allow me to have a taste of your glory I ask that you allow me to experience your glory because that's what we have been made for that's what we get created to do Behold the glory of the Lord. To behold the glory of the Lord. To behold the glory of the Lord.
those that are praying. Hallelujah. So, maybe you've listened to the sermon and you're like, Pastor, I actually value what you're saying, but I'm not saved. I'm not saved and I want to have an experience of this thing that you speak. If you are such a person where, if you are such a person and you want to receive your salvation today, I want you to know that the Lord is waiting for you to come. Remember. Remember, the Lord Himself did not leave, the Lord did not walk away from you. It was you that walked away from, from Him. And the Lord now is coming, calling to you, and He's coming to your garden. He's coming to your life. But it's just waiting for you to say yes to Him. So if you, if you, um, if you are, if you are not really sure of your salvation, or if you don't, if you have not been saved, please, Jesus is calling to, Jesus is calling to you now. It's just he's talking to you now. And I ask that you just take the call and come forward. I ask that you just take the call and come forward. Or maybe, or maybe you, you, um, you've been living a life of sin as a believer. And you, and you, and you think that the Lord has departed away from you. I ask that you come forward. And the Lord will come back to you. Father, we, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word today. We ask that this truth that you have that you have been known unto us, we ask that it be established in our hearts in the name of Jesus. We ask that as we go to our different places from today's service, we ask that we are transformed. And this thing becomes an indelible part of our lives in the name of Jesus. Let, not, let, let it not just be any knowledge, but let it be a reality we live by daily in the name of Jesus. That we may know you more, that we may see you more. That we may hear you more. In Jesus' name, Amen. Testimonies that came out today. We thank you for all the service have been going do- has been going thus far. We say be thou magnified in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that as we come to hear your word today, we ask that you give us insight in the name of Jesus. We ask that your spirit moves upon us in the name of Jesus. Every heart that is resistant to your word, it, it is broken at it, as what is being passed across in the name of Jesus. And let everything be done to the glory of your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to continue from where we stopped, stopped last week, and unfortunately, I don't, have, I don't have enough time on my hands to be very, very, very comprehensive, but we'll see what we can do. And also, I apologize for the fact that we have not yet released the message from last week. 
what happened was that we tried something new as, re as regarding our sound recording and editing and we hope it's going to turn out well so when the results are out we are going to release it to you amen, amen. hallelujah okay so let us open our bibles to um, luke chapter 8 verse 26 to 29 luke chapter 8 The wonderful gospel of St. Luke, chapter 8, verse 26 to 29. I start my, uh, my sermon from here. Then they sailed to the region of the Gerasens, which is opposite Galilee. The next verse. When he got out of land, a demon-possessed man came out I mean, from the town met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes and did not stay in the house, but in the tombs. The next verse. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and said, it, said in a loud voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus? You son of the Most High God, I beg you, don't torment, don't torment me. The next verse. That's 29. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times he had seized him, seized him. And although he was guarded, bound by chains and shackles, he would snap to his chains and be driven by the demon into deserted places. Amen. Now, last week, Brosso took a... Bible study, um, the man took a Bible study with us and he was trying to talk about how the demon, how the devil is limited as regarding his power towards believers. But there is something about this um, scripture that I would like for us to open that see us bearing concerning our current topic today. Amen. Now, before this event occurred, Jesus wanted to go on the sea with his disciples and as he was there, he was, bit, he was very, very tired. So he said that, I want to sleep. And he was sleeping. Then suddenly, a storm broke out. And the disciples, for some of, most of them, they were fishermen. And given that they were fishermen, they would have been used to, to adverse conditions on the waters. Abi, It's like an occupational hazard for them. But yet, when this storm came, it looked like something they, were, they had never encountered in their lives. And they were so terrified that they said that, Jesus, can't you save us? At that moment, all their abilities and all their strengths was not really there. Everything just went away. And Jesus woke up, he calmed the storm, and he said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Hallelujah. And then that scene passes. And, and the men came to the region of, of Gerasi. And when they came there, the first person that came to meet them was a man who was naked. Hallelujah. It was a man who was naked, a man that will spend his time living in the tombs instead of staying in the instead of staying in, in normal society a person that that will use knives or stones rather to cut himself and when this person came there he started acting like as though he was worshiping jesus amen and they said he was demon possessed so the first question i want us to i want to ask ourselves is that how did they know that this man actually had a demon inside him how did they know? What made the writer say that, okay, this person actually has a demon? And number two, how did these demons also enter that man? Amen. Now, the thing about spirits is that they don't have a material body. Hallelujah. Just as I can see Sister Anita now, as I can see her eyes, her cheeks, her nose, and other parts of her body, I can't really, really see a spirit like that in that manner because it doesn't have a natural body. 
God also is a spirit, and given that he's a spirit, it means that he also doesn't have a physical body. Amen. Even though we even though we usually read in the Bible that the hand of the Lord came upon me, the, the eyes of the Lord searched through and forth to, to show himself strong on those to those who fear him. It does not necessarily mean that God actually has a pair of eyes or that he has a hand. No, they are called atromorphic features that God is trying to use so that we can understand what he was trying to convey to us. Hallelujah. Was just God coming down to our level so that we can get the point of what he was trying so I can get what so I can get what is actually about. So the only way you can know that a spirit is actually working, the only way that you know that a spirit is around is when that spirit has possessed a person and then that person is actually behaving in a way that is akin to the character of that demon. Hallelujah. For example, let's say I'm a person that is given to lying. Normally, normally, when we lie, most of the time. Not that it's condoned or that it's sanctioned, but when people lie, most of the time they do they do it because they they want to preserve themselves. Maybe they are, maybe they just fell inside one deep gutter or maybe they are into trouble. So just to come out of that trouble, they just come out with what they call a white lie. Hallelujah. Let us imagine you decided to you were very hungry in your house and somehow your hand landed on the pot and it took meat. And your mom just managed to catch you. You now say that ah, I was warming the soup. I wanted to see if the soup was very hot. Hallelujah. But if a person is lying, even when there is no cause for alarm or there's no trouble, it means that something actually wrong with that person. Amen. That means that there is a spirit that's working on that person that is that has empowered him to keep on lying. Simple English. Hallelujah. So, when a spirit comes upon a man, it comes upon a man and impacts what we call a reality onto that man. Whether it's an, it could be an habit, it could be a lifestyle, whatever it is, the spirit impacts it into the man and then the man becomes empowered to live it out. And from so doing, everybody, and I mean everybody that is decent enough, enough can know that this person has been, has been taken either by God or by the devil. Amen. So, every spirit seeks a human being, a living vessel for manifestation. Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how Jesus wrote about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. John chapter 3 verse 2, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the middle of the night and he said that, teacher, we know, we, we know that you are a teacher, for no one can do these things except God is with him. That means that just as Jesus was working with God and by, ve- by demonstration of signs and wonders and also by living in the spirit, by demonstrating the fruits of the spirit, we're able to know that God was working with the man. So also can we discern that a demon can work with people. Are we together? Do we understand that? Hallelujah. Ah, Holy Spirit, I should give you a chance to say this. Okay, so... Another question that we should ask ourselves is that how did this how did this man become demonically possessed? What happened to the man that over 6,000 demons came upon him? Because the meaning of legion means a troop. And normally that term is a, is a woman term for like the woman army. And it means like 6,000 men. So if you're announcing that that man, is, that man was called legion, that means that over 6,000 demons came upon just one man. 
Hallelujah. They are more, they are more spirits around there than you think of. There are more spirits than men around there. So be very, very careful of what you interact with. Be very, very careful of who you deal with. Amen. So, let us go back to our scripture. Luke chapter 8, verse, I think, 29. Let's look at them. Let's look at 1. Verse 31. Luke 8, 31. Okay. Now, Jesus had commanded that they should come out of the body. So, they were begging the man, saying that, and they begged him not to banish them to the abyss. The next verse. Please, I want us to know this. A large herd of pigs was there, feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him to permit them to enter the pigs. And he gave them permission. Hallelujah. Now this this um, scripture is much deeper than we think it to be. You know why? Because God told the Israelites that the pig is an is an unclean animal, and if you eat that pig, that means that means that you have made yourself ceremonially unclean. Hallelujah. So anybody that chose to actually wear pigs or that had anything to do with pigs, that person was actually deliberately disobeying the law of the Lord. Amen. So if this man, if this city was actually wearing pigs, that means that that whole city had become unclean. And by so doing, they made themselves attractive to unclean spirits. Hallelujah. Now, how does that, how does that apply to us? What I'm saying is that the environment that you are in, it can actually be an outlet, no, an inlet rather, for some spirits to enter into your life, whether it is divine or demonic. So I ask you, what do you do in the secret place? What do you do in your house? What do you do when you are browsing your phone? What do you do when you talk to people? All those little, 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 little things, they are actually attracting different kinds of spirits. Amen. For example, now, hallelujah. Sisters, please do not be offended, but it's just something that I think you should know. If a, if, a, if a girl should, let's say a girl decides that, okay, she wants to express herself liberally and she wants to dress, and she decides to dress in all manners of dressing, she decides to flirt with all kinds of men and engage in all those indecent activity see what you are doing is that you're actually making yourself liable to the to the to be undoed by the spirit of lust hallelujah amen what you are doing is that you're giving us you're, you're telling the spirit of lust you're telling that see i am willing come and use me for your glory hallelujah then you now start sharing that different men will start coming to you seeking to sleep with you or seeking to do different things with you hallelujah why because of what you are doing and we don't have to see it we don't have to see it on instagram or whatsapp or, or social media i really don't know but the point is that take take time to ensure that your environment is not 
is not attracted to any, to the wrong kind of spirit because it can actually affect you. Hallelujah. Brother, I should to take note. Too. Please. Although we'll come to you later. Hallelujah. So, so back to this um scripture, back to the topic, the presence of the Lord. How does a man, how do we know that a person is walking in the presence of the Lord? The answer is holiness. Hallelujah. The answer is holiness. Now I come to the understanding that as a man gets closer to God, what happens is that that man, he begins to become aware of his sinful state. Amen. I know usually, I know that there are many self-help books and personal development books that would that say that you are made for this, you are big, you are strong, you are this, you are that. But see, as you get closer to God, because God is holy and you are not, that awareness of his holiness dawns upon you. And when that happens to you, you, you want to go. Amen. When that happens to you, you want to go. When that happens to you, you will feel what you 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 will feel what Isaiah calls undone. So that means that you are aware of your own sinful state and you are wishing that God can actually help you. Amen. Isaiah chapter 6. In the book of Isaiah chapter 6, it's believed by some people that Isaiah was, was written chronologically, in the sense that from verse 1 to verse to from chapter 1 to chapter 5, it was was actually called into ministry of prophesying normally but when verse 6 came something happened to him although i really don't know about that but when isaiah saw the lord at the temple and he saw that there were seraphs everywhere he saw how they were shouting holy 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 is the lord god almighty what did he say he said woe is me for i am unclean and i dwell in a community of unclean lips and then what happens, what happens afterwards? A seraph takes a tongue from the altar, a coal, and then puts it upon his mouth and then declares that this man is now made clean. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. Jesus, John, the Baptist, um, John the Beloved, he had, he had seen Jesus when he was when he, he had seen Jesus doing his earthly stay, and he had seen just how wonderful a man he was. He was the closest person to Jesus Christ on the earth. In fact, he was one that could actually ask the questions that even Peter dared not ask. And he was one that would lie on the breast of Jesus. But the moment, let's go to that scripture, Revelation chapter 1. I think verse 18. Revelation 1, 18. Revelation 1, 18. Verse 20. Verse 20. Okay, can we go to verse 19? Okay. Therefore, write what you have seen and what is and what will take place after this. Next verse. The secret of the seven stars. Okay, I think I've gotten ahead of myself. Let me just check here. Okay. Um, Revelation chapter 1 verse. Okay, verse 9. No, sorry, verse 17. Verse 17, sorry. Verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. 
I am the first and the last. And if you and if you check your Bible and you look at the preceding verses, you will see that the Jesus that John was used to seeing when he was alive on the earth, it was not that Jesus that came to him. Hallelujah. This Jesus had seven lampstands. His eyes were, I think they were burning coals. His legs were, 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 were the, the term that was used there was that they looked like bronze. And he had different attributes about him that was frankly scary for him. And he felt like dying in that situation. But what Jesus did was that he told the man that do not be afraid. And, by, and when he told him that he should not be afraid, he made it easier for him, for, for John, to relate with Jesus. Amen. So, what God does is that if he wants to, if he wants, if you want to walk in his presence, you need to understand that holiness is non-negotiable. Hallelujah. I know that many of us, many of us, we have our values and our principles. There are some things that people, so people dare not do to us. If not, we lose our trust and we stop relating with that person. God also has his own values. And if you do, if you want to walk with him, if you want to have him in your life, if you are not holy, he cannot walk. Hallelujah. Holiness is non-negotiable. There's no, there, you cannot agree about it. God demands that we be holy. Therefore, ye be holy, just as your Father in heaven is holy. And God is aware that we are actually falling. So what he does is that he would impact his own holiness onto you so that you can become empowered to associate with him, to work with him. So when you got, when you, when you got saved, there was this holy nature that God impacted in, in you. And because you now have it, you have the ability to fellowship with God. Amen. You can now have a relationship with God because you have a trace of holiness within you. And, that's, and that is enough. Yes, it is enough for God to be with you. It is enough for God to work with you. But God expects that He keeps rising, that He keeps increasing, that He finds room for expression. Are we together? And we are getting it. Yes, it demands that we, it demands that all those things that we used to do then, we, we should stop doing it. It demands that maybe you were used to lying, maybe you were used to cheating, maybe you were used to actually giving expo to your, to your classmates doing examination. It demands that all those things, they are taken out of the way. Out of the way. Little by little. Maybe you were used to... I hope you shall get the story. Hallelujah. Yes. So, if a man is going to work with the Lord, for all the whole world to see him, that that man must be holy. It is very important. Hallelujah. Have you come across some believers where you just you just start talking to them or just look at them and somewhere along the line you begin to become maybe you feel like actually moving away from such a person. Hallelujah. Have you felt have you felt in that before? That you are still with a Christian, but you are feeling uncomfort, uncomfortable in his presence. Like you, you like, it's like you're suddenly aware that there are some, like you're suddenly aware that you need to comport yourself in a certain manner. Has that happened to us before? Or is only me? Is only me? Then I should not be preaching. Hallelujah. My point is that as a man begins to work with God, that holiness becomes tangible up to the point that if a sinner or an unbeliever or, or, or a Christian that is actually backsliding, if he should come in contact with him, what happens to that person is that he begins to 
to start adjusting himself or start making some he starts he start doing what we call comportment amen he starts changing his he starts trying to 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 control himself it's not because the because it's not because that man is actually insulting or whatever or correcting it's not that because the presence of the lord has broken out upon the life of that person and by so doing it is everywhere and it is now tangible so the guy is standing and is becoming uncomfortable in that situation because he's right he's standing in the presence of the lord are we together yes so that means that it's actually a call for us to seek out holy living it's a call for us to try and carry out righteous living we cannot afford to remain in our state presently amen and this thing is a reality that we can work in praise god let me just share some experiences with you okay so this year yeah it was this year early this year i was in church and it was in the night i just came to church and i slept off i slept off and i woke up i didn't dream any dream I just woke up following day I want to start my day then pastor Matthew just called me and he said that ah, pastor you were disturbing us in your sleep oh and me, i was like what happened what did i do and he said that ah we're just hearing you singing i said eh okay now that one is not strange because i know people can sleep as they are they can they can talk as they are sleeping so people can even be sleepwalking and i've heard that some people have actually killed somebody as they were sleeping hallelujah so it's not so it's not strange so i was like okay what was i singing i said that ah and you are singing gospel i'm like eh ah that one is good hallelujah you know why that is good to me because i know somebody that one day he was in my place he was sleeping and he was, was he, i don't know if he was dreaming but he was saying please shoot this guy now please shoot this guy this guy has seen you move away move away move away ah don't let him don't die don't die don't die hallelujah now that guy eh, there was one there was this game that was that he came in contact with one one shooter game and he was just playing it spent no not cod rainbow six he was just playing the game playing the game playing the game so that thing just entered his body and we started hearing funny things that night hallelujah amen it's possible yes it's a reality so i was happy for myself that at least we're not hearing that we are not hearing no peace or a football game hallelujah and that's not only me it's not only me another person here but i will not i will not mention his name he was sleeping in church and i was beside him i think i was reading and as he was sleeping i heard tongues at first i was like wait am i not like speaking in tongues or did i hear something else but we later discovered that it was actually the person that was sleeping that was praying in tongues i think we also you were there he was there he's just pretending hallelujah we actually had someone sleeping and as you, and he was, he was still sleeping but was praying in tongues as he was sleeping it's possible someone says it's possible hallelujah there are times that i will there are times that i will, I will have a very long day and i'm very stressed and at, at night i can't do anything so i'll just sleep and i sleep eh? i will sleep and wake up sleep and wake up sleep and wake up but in all those intermittent periods I'll just hear that my mouth is just moved. I'll just, I'll just feel my mouth move like that. And it'll be like as I'm praying. It'll be like, eh, we're praying. But 
Because my body is too weak, I continue to sleep. Hallelujah. But when we get back up, we continue the prayer. It's not only, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not using these experiences to, to boast. No, I'm saying that there is a reality that you can receive. And that reality comes when you have cultivated the presence of the Lord upon your life. Hallelujah. If you can, if you check my phone, you will not find anything called worldly music there. Or any scandalous video or picture. Yes, because I have cultivated my environment so much so that if there's anything that is on my mind, it is God and God alone. So if I'm thinking, I'm thinking of God. If I'm talking, it's God I want to talk about. If I'm with people, it's God I want to talk about. If I'm reading books, my focus on what I can receive from God Himself. Hallelujah. There is nothing that is unholy around me. And it's because I cultivated an environment to screen it out of my life. And you should do the same as well. Amen. In GS107, they said that what you eat is what you become. What you eat is what you become. Every food that all the food that you are eating, you are eventually going to become it. It's the same thing. Just as you continually receive different kinds of information from different places, you are going to become it. So if you are always consuming God, eventually you will actually work in his own likeness. It's not hard. It's not hard. But are you willing to actually do it? Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. And then you'll find that there are some things that cannot enter into your life because you have built an environment around God, only around Him. So, when I see some things on social media that are funny and all, this, they cannot happen to me. I don't say that because, I don't say that because I'm proud, no. I say that because I have actually received some, I have actually um, constructed my environment so much so that those things cannot find me. Even if they're looking for me, they cannot find me. Amen. Praise God. So again, I ask you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing exactly? Hallelujah. Now, um, last year, no, in 2011, I got back from church and I just went to lie down on the bed. So, what happened was that Wait, first, let me just ask, ask us a question. Everyone here, I believe that you have been to an event center before, Abby. Yes. And you know how it feels when they put on AC. You know the feeling. <laughs> okay. So, that, that evening, I was on the bed, and that AC feeling just came over my body. But there's no AC, but there's no AC in my room. And it was rather hot. So I was like, where did this thing come from? And it touched my leg. And as it touched my leg, it spread to the other side of my body, but I was like, hey, don't pass this boundary. I felt like this thing was violating my body. So I stood up, and I knew where the thing was coming from. So I, so I stood up, the thing went back. That's what I felt. I felt that it went back. So I went back to try and lie down. Hallelujah. I'm using this experience here because I know that some of us are going to have those experiences, or we're currently having them. It's just for us to have an understanding. I want to have mentioned it if there is no scripture to back up what I'm saying. Amen. It's called, an, it's called a, healthy, a healthy experience. So, that, it happened the first time, and it happened the second time, and it happened the third time. The third time, when it happened, I was angry, because I was like, ah, why are you, why is this thing coming like this? At first, I thought it was actually a demon that had come. Although I should have actually prayed about it, yeah? but as I stood up, I just sensed that 
the, that the person that was here was waiting for me to actually to align. Yes, was waiting for me to align. And then I received understanding because the Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. And given that he's gentle, he will not force you to do what you don't want to do. Hallelujah. This guy here that, that we saw in Luke chapter 8, in his right mind, he will not want to go to, a, to, a, to, where, de- to where they bury dead bodies. Or we want to go there. Will he, you will not want to be in, you will not want to enjoy himself and cut himself with different with different with different stones. And also you will not want to to um to be naked. You don't want to be naked in his right mind. So a spirit was using him against his will. Hallelujah. So I felt that the spirit that was there did not want to, it was waiting for me to actually listen to him. So I said, okay. And I laid down. And different things started happening. But if I had decided to resist, because I was actually the Holy Spirit that was there. And subsequently, further encounters started occurring along that pattern. And I received understanding as regarding that. But if I had decided to resist it, it is very, very possible that it would have departed from me. And I would not be able to actually walk in communion with him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's not surprising. Someone say reality. 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 Do you want do you want all these things as well? Do you want the experience? You can get it. But when you decide to plunge into his presence, when you decide to take time to pray, to study the word, to engage in the spiritual disciplines, when you put yourself into it and you and your heart is pure, the Lord can the Lord will come to you. Draw near to him that he may draw to you. The Lord is waiting for you to come to him before he can take the step. So are you willing? Amen. Let us also for prayer.
Psalms 119, verse 130 to 131. Psalms 119, verse 130 to 131. The revelation of your words brings light and it brings understanding to the inexperienced. I pant with open mouth because I long for your, com for your commands. Praise God. Our prayer point is going to come from understanding this scripture. And the thing is that the word of God is going to, he has his own, he has his own inherent ability to produce some results. But those results come when they only, only apply to a, set, a specific set of people. Hallelujah. They apply only to a specific set of people. So here he's saying that it brings light and understanding to the inexperienced. And KJV version says that it gives it brings understanding to the simple. So if you are a person that if that is simple, then you can be rest assured that the word of God is going to come to you, regardless of your of whatever limitation that you may have or whatever stereotype you may belong to. Amen. However, the important thing is that before the word of God can come into your life and dwell in you, and before it can produce the internal effect that it wants to have on you, you need to have the desire. And that is where verse 131 comes in. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for that commandment. Unless, unless you choose, you can listen to this message and other messages and it will not bless you. Hallelujah. Unless you decide that, okay, every time, every time I come, to a minute to a ministration anytime i come to listen to listen to the word anytime i read my anytime i read the, the scriptures i want you to bless me and unless you see that you have a that that you that you that you have something that needs to be addressed by the scripture unless you recognize that there is a need in you you cannot be blessed by the word whether it is written or spoken amen hallelujah so our prayer point is this lord i ask for a desire for your desire i ask that you give me the zeal to know you more I ask that you give me the zeal to know you more. I ask that you give me the zeal to know your word, to study your word, to study your word, to study your word, to the end that I might know you, to the end that I might, I might know you, to the end that I might know you, in the name of Jesus, to the end that I might know you, to the end that I might know you. I always say this, I will always say this, your understanding of God affects your person and it affects your destiny. If your person of God is a noble God who has all the fruits of the Spirit, is a nice God, very, very powerful, you can start working in that reality. But if your God is crooked, is wicked, is desperate, you will have those qualities as well. So let us be praying. Let us be praying in the name of Jesus. Let us be praying. You're not praying. You're not praying. You're not praying. You're not praying. Lord, we receive light. We receive light. We are willing for light to come unto, unto us. We are willing for light to enter us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I will soon finish up. So, praise God. 
I hope you have been blessed thus far. And you are getting everything I'm saying. And I'm sure. Okay, so let us go to Psalm 65, verse 1. Psalm 65, verse 1. Psalm 65, verse 1. Praise written for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall be thou shall the vow be performed. Praise written for thee, O God, in Zion. You know that you are God's bridegroom, Abi. You know that he's beloved. Hallelujah. So if God should come to you and you find that you're always complaining or you're always grumbling or, or, or you're always murmuring, do you think you want to stay in that kind of place? Styri, if you are, if you have a partner and the partner is always complaining about you when you're around, would you want to stay there? No. So the same thing here. Praise is waiting for you, O God, in Zion. That means that if you want to work, another way of working in the presence of the Lord is to continually adopt a lifestyle of praise. When, when you keep on giving praise unto the Lord, when you keep thanking Him for who He is, when you talk about His character, when you talk about His person, when you magnify Him, magnification does not only mean raising something high. It also means seeing things just as God is. When you see God just as He is, it becomes more willing to dwell with you. Hallelujah. Look at the people of Israel. They were always complaining. They were grumbling. They were murmuring. And they were doing the things that actually irritated him. And what did, and what did God do? He killed them off. Why? Because their mindset was He prevented them from entering into the promised land. So, take time to, con- to constantly give praise unto the Lord. I know kerosene is expensive. But at least you can afford it. Hallelujah. I know gas is I know gas is expensive, but you can buy it. In fact, you supply it. In fact, the supply comes regularly. I know spag is expensive. I like spag. Four fifteen naira. But you but you are still eating it. I've been now. You are still eating it. If you are eating, it, you thank God that you actually gave you the money to get it. Because what if you didn't have the money in the first place? Where did it come from? It came from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know things are tough and difficult. But the fact that you are still here and the fact that you can still do things means that God has your back and God is working with you and God is taking care of you. It means that God has not forgotten how to father you. Hallelujah. God has not forgotten how to father you. So you too keep giving in the praise. Keep praising him. And you and you'll find that you will begin to see things just as they see those things. And it becomes those things become small unto you. Amen. Hallelujah. And lastly, walk in joy. Walk in joy. Walk in joy. There's a scripture in the in Psalms, I can't remember where, but it said that you shall make me full. I think it said that in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. For in the presence of the Lord, there is the fullness of joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. But joy comes because of the presence of the Lord. God is a cordial being. Hallelujah. Please hear this. God, God loves you. And when I mean He loves you, I mean that He's not seeking to punish you. He's not seeking to hurt you. He's not seeking, so he's not seeking that you commit sin and then just catches you like this. Or I go to prison. No. God is not like that. God is not like that. Hallelujah. If He was like that, if He were like that, He would, he would not have died for you in the first place. You have just been in hell right now. But it's not like that. And God loves to please His people. Hallelujah. But the thing about God is that He desires that our happiness comes from Him 
and him alone. If your happiness comes from God and your achievements, from God and your materials, from God and your boyfriend or your girlfriend, from God and the cars, from God and, from, and your money, from God and your job or your food, if that's where your happiness comes from, then you don't have God. And then God cannot come into your life. God desires that He feels everything concerning you. Hallelujah. God desires that He feels everything concerning you. Your happiness must come from God and God alone. All those other things, when they come, give thanks to Him for making it happen. But at the end of the day, they are only add-ons. They, they are just instruments and tools that should enable you to carry out the work that He has ordained for you. Hallelujah. If you have a degree, it's not because you can show off, but so that you can use it to advance the kingdom. If you have a car, it's the same thing. If you're eating good food, it's not, because, it's not so that you can show that you are, yeah, yeah, you are, you are, fit, you are, you are a fit person. Rather, so that your body can be fit enough to carry out the tasks that God asks in store for you. Have we together? So your happiness should come from God and God alone. Not even from the signs and the wonders. Not even from the healings. Yes, it's possible for one to assume that, okay, because because we are walking in the spirit because I can heal somebody or because someone is throwing under my anointing I'm joyful no no the presence of the Lord is what gives us joy amen the presence of the Lord is what gives us joy not any other thing so you need to ensure that you have this consciousness you have you maintain it regularly daily and God will begin to break out upon your life and you become more experiential unto you amen Hallelujah. There are things that there are things that God keeps doing to us, but we are too fo- we are so focused on our problems. We are too we we often ignore all those things that He does for us. At least, not even at least, you have a brain that is working. You are not sick. You can move your body parts. You, you, you are eating good food. You receive money daily, even if now is what you want. You receive money daily. You've not painted before, or not nothing terrible has been following you before. Hallelujah. So what else do you want? Start from there, and you see that bigger things will begin to open up. As you are walking in this independence, your eyes begins to become open. Your eyes begin to become open, and that is what we want. And I see God helping us in Jesus' name.